Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York who still can't improvise because it's not safe. There's a pandemic going on. Wear a mask. If you're in New York like me, wear two. It's double mask o'clock. And I'm fine with that because the one on the inside, it's the boring one. The one on the outside, I make sure it's fun. Speaking of fun, we are joined today by the lady of the levers, the broad with the buttons, the one that makes this all happen. She is Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? The broad with the buttons. That's I think you. that's a new one. I came up I with like it. I like it. I like it. The broad with the buttons. See, I, see, I, I, yeah, I like it. Not to interrupt, even though I just introduced you, but like <laughs> I like your encouragement of this podcast in that it helps me keep my creative chops going yes but i'm gonna stop making this all about me how are you friend of mine i'm i'm good i you know i i'm very much over this weather mm-hmm. um i you know uh fun life update i recently bought roller skates and i'm ready to go skating but it's icy and stuff so we have to wait until until that's done but I'm very excited to kind of you know because I feel like whenever I go outside now it's really just to go to the stores um I mean which appropriate like I shouldn't be going out like doing crazy things but I go to the stores I go for walks I go for runs and it's become so monotonous that I've just needed something that will drive me outside um in a safe way and my roommate took up roller skating and I thought that that would be fun to do. So that's that's a thing I'm looking forward to doing in the outdoors once the weather allows me to do it in the outdoors. Yeah, of so course, the, double masked. Yes. At the time of this recording, it's, it's snowy and icy and gross and awful. Um, uh, when you mentioned that you bought roller skates uh, off mic, um, I, I got concerned for one of two reasons, being a person of extreme thought and prone to projecting. My first thought is she's going to fall a lot because I would fall a lot. Uh, <laughs> the other end of that pendulum is she's going to get so good at it. She takes up a fucking roller derby, which like I think you'd either be awesome at or you'd get hit the first time and say, no, I'm done. Yeah, it's one it's it's one or the other. It's one extreme or the other. I'm either gonna be great at it or I fail within the first 30 seconds and I get upset and I'm like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But speaking of impacts and injuries, as you can see from the title of this episode, Chelsea and I are gonna be discussing our top five favorite kills in horror because there's a lot of them. It's why we keep coming back to the genre but we've all got our favorites the one that lasts a little longer the one that haunts our dreams the ones that make you audibly react either in home or in the theater in the before times um so before we get into our list uh what's it easy for you to compile your list of your top five it uh, it was not. It was it was a lot of fun to do. I, I got nostalgic for a lot of you know. I was I was looking at various lists on other websites, just thinking, oh, do the ones that I initially thought of are they considered you know like iconic scenes? And some of them were. And when I was making the list, I was debating. I was like, do I want to do 
deaths that I was like, oh, that's, that was so awesome. Or do I want to list ones that left a really lasting impact, even if they weren't like the most creative thing in the world, but it was something that caused such a visceral reaction that I'll never forget. So that's what I did with my list. My list of favorites are ones that um, are, aren't necessarily like the most, you know, epic and creative kills, but it's the ones that really drove that horror home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, once I, once I decided that was the angle I was going to go for with making the list, it was a little bit easier, but I was overwhelmed at first. Cause I, I kept thinking, I was like, well, this is really cool in the cube. I don't know who has seen the cube, but I really liked that one. And then this was cool. And then, like, I was just really like, you know, thinking about all the, all the horror movie deaths that I, that I really enjoyed. But so mine are, yeah, just the most impactful, whether they freaked me out, like, as a kid and it still freaks me out today or it, it was just done very well yeah, my, what about you was it easy uh, one to three were easy or very mm-hmm. easy they're they're my three absolute favorite i just love them could watch them all the time <laughs> four and five were were a little more weeding out mm-hmm. with other uh uh scenes sometimes even in the same film uh, but when when I when I get to to my number five, my first one, um, I'll, I'll say a scene that I like better. But it's not it's not a kill scene, so mm. I couldn't I couldn't add it. But yeah, those first three, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's number one, that's number two, that's number three. And now let's let's see what gets through the chopping block. I didn't have to to Google. It's just like scrolling through what uh, what yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch or Sherlock called his memory palace of like, okay, what what are my favorites? <laughs> and then I picked the two. I'm like, yeah, yeah, these these are four and five. Nice. But all in all, maybe took like less than like ten minutes max total. But but. Uh, uh not not difficult just you know the ones that that i love and people that we know maybe even people that we don't know would go like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah i feel like there's one specific on my list that it it's very random when you look at like the the whole list there's one that it's so random and it's not in a really well loved uh movie but it it hit all the criteria of its death leaving a really long lasting impact on me. And it's one like that I can picture perfectly. I, that was another criteria for me that it had to be something that left such a, such an imprint in mm. my head that even if I don't remember anything else from that movie, I remembered that scene. So that was something for me. I'll be curious to hear your opinion when I get to that one. Well, ladies first. So let's start with your number five, Chelsea. So number five. So we're ranking, yeah, least to most, I'm assuming. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Counting down. Counting down. So number five for me is one that I know a lot of people, um, especially around my age, would agree with. But in Final Destination 2, there's the infamous uh, logs coming off of the truck and one log and specifically ramming into the sheriff's car and it basically taking the top half of his body with it um 
that one I chose it because I mean the Final Destination franchise is already known for having some pretty outlandish and creative deaths. That's what the whole thing is. Like death is the killer, the villain. It's 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 more about death than most horror movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, the reason though I chose this one is because I remembered when and where I first watched that movie. And I actually, as much as I loved horror movies, whenever I was watching horror movies at other people's houses, that wasn't a great time for me. I think I would just get homesick easily or something. I don't know, because I was used to watching horror movies like with my mom or with my sisters. And when I'd be in a strange place that I didn't know, I would get really freaked out. Um, And that movie came out when I was in middle school. Um, and I remember I was at a friend's house and we started it and the log scene happened and this was before everybody knew that was coming, you know, like now you can't say you can't be behind. One of the other reasons I picked it is you cannot be behind a truck of trees of logs without someone being like, I'll remember Final Destination. They won't even say Final Destination 2. Mm. They'll just say Final Destination. And it's like 2021, you know? Um, but it was before it was even known as like, this is a big death that's going to happen. And it happens within the first 10 minutes because it's part of the, you know, vision. And um, I remember right after it happened, like when the logs started falling off, I was like, oh, Oh no, oh no, oh no. And then you see it go through taking his the top half of his body. And I asked her to stop it. I asked her to stop the movie. I just, for some reason, out of all of the things I have seen, I was like 12 at this time, I guess, 11 or 12. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. We watched the rest of it later, but it caused that much of a reaction and it became this iconic thing where, you know, no matter what friend groups I've been with, friends that like horror movies, friends that don't like horror movies, whenever we're in a car, like I said, and there's logs in a truck, everyone's always like, don't be behind it. Like it's become such um, such a pop culture, you know, reference that I really love. So that that is number five for me. And it's a great death. It's, it's simple mm-hmm. and effective. No, I never saw Final Destination 2, but I know what you're talking about. And it's a outside of, of horror elements, it's a legitimate concern. Like, you know, there are a shit ton of action movies where there's a chase and there's the truck that's hauling cars. And inevitably, someone has to just start unlatching cars and they fall out on the highway. So, could it be fucking uh, logs, cars? where uh i'm thinking of scream 2 which you love where they crash the police car and there's oh in the pipes or that whatever goes into yeah. the pop that's that's that something if you're in a car it's a legitimate concern if you're behind like even you know a large enough big rig truck my when i'm driving on the highway not as much during a pandemic but you know, uh, in the before times, going to work, who knows where the production would be, and I'd be on expressways, and there'd be a big truck. And my thing is like, I need to get past this because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, in my area of New York, 
Queens, Long Island type area, the parkways have lower bridges and sometimes truck drivers that don't get the specific truck GPS will try to go on these highways and shear the top of their truck off, which is very annoying if you're behind them and now you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> but if they're behind you and you just hear it, it's hilarious. There were times I've been riding around with beautiful lady and I, we legitimately saw, and you may have seen or at least heard of stories in the South about this, a fucking chicken truck that just something happens and now there's live poultry all over yeah. the highway. Yeah, I've never been around that, but I would hear of that happening because we lived near um, like 30 minutes uh, away from a chicken plant, a Tyson, yeah. one of those Tyson plants. I don't get Tyson wings because one time I bought a bag of those wings and those wings looked like they fought Mike Tyson. They were all broken and shit. <laughs> Chickens probably but, did. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like why can't that ever happen to like an armored car where like all of a sudden there's just money out in the street? Why can't I come across that instead of taking a log to the face? It's a legitimate concern for even someone like me. I said I didn't see the movie, but I'm like, yeah, because that's some real shit that could happen. I worry too much about Chucky, but a log to the face is possible. So that's a very good choice. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's that was what I was thinking. I was like, it has left such a lasting impression that you don't, you haven't to have seen the movie to understand mm -hmm. where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. You just need to sit in the front of a car, driver yeah. or passenger side. Yeah, because there's nowhere to go. Like, it, it's just, it's so claustrophobic too. Because like, what are you going to do? You have half a second to act. You ain't Crazy. got shit. So what does number five? My mean? number five is from the Italian film directed by Lucio Fulci, Zombie. Released in Italy as Zombie 2. It's the eye splinter scene. Ooh, no. So I know what you're so talking slow. about. It's too it's slow. It's so creepy. And, you, uh, and kind of like yours with wood going into people's yeah, bodies. That's a good point. Aww. It's like, you know, there's no escape from it. This woman screaming and the zombie hand. And the zombie in these film, in this film is grosser than any other zombie on film that I really have seen. Yeah. They had like so much bugs and goo goo muck and like worms swarming around. It's fucking gross. Well, it's like an actual, what you would think a corpse would look like, yeah. you know, a decomposing, ugh. You know, <laughs> yes. anyway. and, and, and then there's no cutaway. It's right into the practical effect of the eyeball being pierced. And then the woman pulls back and you see the practical <sighs> effect of this large piece of wood in her eye. So like when I mentioned, uh, like my favorite scene of that movie is where the, the zombie fights the shark, but there's no kill in that. Uh, but but for, for the kill of that woman, it's like, it still like gets you all creeped out and feeling uneasy and just, eh, I don't like it, but I love that movie. <laughs> and I also have a problem with eye things as like a rambunctious yeah. child who would frequently poke himself in the eye by accident. I feel like with that scene, it's just one of those where if I went back and watched it every, every time, it's like, why is this five minutes? Like, of course, that's not how long it mm -hmm. is, but it just feels so long. And I mean, it feels that long. It feels that long. And you're not cheated because you see it. 
Like mm-hmm. they don't make it last for so long and then cut away. I feel like some movies do that. They let you see like the long anticipation to it and then it gets, you know, transitioned to something else. But no, they show you what you've been putting in your mind for like a few minutes or think, a minute. I think that's the the difference between uh, the, 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 the ratings board in America and the ratings board in, in Europe at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have the long buildup in America and that's like, maybe a couple of frames and we have to cut in order to get this R rating because you know fuck the MPAA but in Italy it's like yeah let's show you all this mm-hmm. stuff and even though in like a lot of those giallos the blood looked clearly like red paint it doesn't have that realistic look that uh I forget who Tom Savini said uh got the secret to make it look make blood look realistic it, it still has that effect like no we're gonna show you yeah we're, we're, we're gonna show you exactly what we're talking about here and it's great because it's like we're not only gonna show you we're gonna give you a full like 30 seconds to imagine for yourself what it's gonna look like mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we show you it's it's such a mind uh, a, a game that you're playing with your audience and it it's really fascinating that's a good one thank you very much I try. <laughs> so, so, numero cuatro. So this is a, probably the most, it's the most recent one on my list for sure. And it's, you know, coincidentally, we've been talking about that movie recently, not on a podcast, just outside of it. But um, the unfortunate decapitation in Hereditary is something I put on my top five. And it's because I genuinely, yeah, I genuinely didn't expect it. My heart stopped in the theater. I thought this was, I didn't know where the rest of the movie was going to go because the marketing of the movie was brilliant and made it look like that girl was going to be like the creepy kid throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But instead, like she's gone within the first half hour. Um And it's so brutal to happen to a child who is already like struggling to breathe from a, from um, an allergy attack and uh, didn't do anything wrong. Just like ate some cake that they, that they didn't know like peanuts were in it Um, or whatever. Walnuts, I don't know what it was. It's not important. (laughs) And, you know, just, you know, she was forced to like go to this party with her brother and Oh my gosh, I just remember when I first watched that movie, we were at the theaters together watching it, and I just, I was so frightened. I was so frightened the rest of the movie because I really didn't know where it was going to go, and it was just so violent, and then you also get that other kind of um, grotesque payoff where you see her head and you see bugs mm-hmm. all like ants all over all the it. ants on it all yeah, the and- ants and you I didn't think they were going to do that I thought you know we lost the head we're done we don't need to see this again and then when they pull to because it's right after Tony Collette's screaming I believe yeah, is that, when they that, pull yeah, to that, it that's the thing it's like you know the jerk off brother goes home doesn't mm-hmm. tell anybody that he essentially killed his sister so and and you're just seeing him him in the bed and you hear tony collette screaming so your imagination is like did this jerk off 
leave a body in the backseat. Like a headless. Can you? And as a like, we don't even know. Like we don't even know. Like I don't recall seeing the impact. Like there was the sound. You heard you, it, yeah, you but you didn't was coming. See, yeah. So like we don't know if it was like the full. Uh, I'll say the full Monty for lack of a better term. And then they cut and you see it with all the ants and grossness on it. It's like, oh, okay. And they're killing a kid in the movie and the kid uh, uh, has has health issues. Uh, and it's like, oh, then, then the stakes are different than anything mm -hmm. that we thought they were in this movie. And the brilliance of uh, Tony Collette in fucking everything. Yeah, everything she could yeah. be in you know it doesn't even matter she's okay. just she's brilliant yeah well, maybe i need to watch it again i haven't watched it in a while cause i know i kind of want to watch it again after hearing it in the apartment last night because my you know because when this is being recorded my roommate uh was watching it last night and i heard um it was really funny i was in bed and i started hearing I was going to sleep and I started hearing that very loud soundtrack at the very mm -hmm. end of the movie. And I was just like, I, I can't really watch it. Well, <laughs> this is so Because we were on a, a Zoom call for our, you know, movie discussion group via Zoom. And when you told me that your, your roommate was watching the movie, I'm like, go to the door and, and make the click sound. Uh, and I also suggested you do it at like 2.54 in the morning. When we saw it in the theater one. that first time. Uh, oh, and that click the, played. Yeah, there, it's in the movie. And then elsewhere in the theater, there was like a gaggle of, I presume, friends. And someone made that click sound. Yeah. It wasn't in the film. I think they were just scaring their group. And somebody in that group jumped. And then almost immediately after somebody left the theater and we and saw did not them. come back and, no they came back <laughs> they but did? I, like oh. with the quickness in which they left i'm like i think that person shat themselves yeah i was like there was a there was a bodily fluid that came out when um when that boy that poor person was scared because it sounded like they fell it yeah. didn't even sound it just sounded like they actually fell out of their seats now maybe I'm going not easy seats to fall out of. Maybe I'm going too far. Perhaps it was just a spilled beverage, but maybe, maybe they did soil themselves. Who knows? But but yeah, so that one is definitely. I mean, it gets points for creativity because that that really is just the way that was set up was insane, and it gets points for the impact of it. And it has. I don't think any horror movie I've watched since hereditary when i say like newer horror movies maybe the lodge but the lodge just angered me more i really liked the movie but i was angry through most of it because those kids deserved what they got those kids are dicks they were so bad i was like you honestly deserve this ending but with hereditary i don't think there has been anything else unless i'm just really genuinely forgetting that that has affected me like that in recent in recent horror. I, th I think it's tough. Am I forgetting recent... something? No, I think it's tough with recent horror because now whatever is recent, we're watching at home. That's true. So, like I'm not going to get that theater. You, you could know. you could be fucking around on your phone a bit or somewhat detached. Exactly. Or the fact that you could pause it to get a beverage or a snack or uh, use the restroom, or in your case, you have your cats that decide 
they might want to be affectionate at that particular moment and you look away from the screen as mm -hmm. opposed to being hyper focused in the theater not everything may be resonating as much i mean there's some good there's some good stuff out there uh i definitely uh i don't know did you watch the rental yet no you told me a few days ago it's on showtime i just haven't uh, it is and when it gets warmer you know i did pick up the dvd so we can have our Ooh. outdoor drive-in maybe i'll save it for that then maybe 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 that, that, there's some good stuff there and some other no things. there's definitely some good some good movies out there just hasn't been one like uh even pre-pandemic hard that i'd seen that i'd um that just gave me that impression i mean even no. even his next film midsummer didn't give me mm. that impression nothing else quite had that impact pun intended yeah it didn't go and i hate puns <laughs> but yeah so that is mine what is yours numero cuatro for me the ending of the wicker man not the bees not that wicker man god damn it bees! <laughs> sorry girl. no the original one you knew that was gonna happen I, yeah with christopher lee sergeant howie has come to the island he's looking for rowan morrison and he finds out he's the fool everybody on this island play the, played him and now they're going to take a cop, put him in a wicker man, and burn him alive. And, and it's so hilarious to me, because I don't think anybody the first time watching this film, unless you had it spoiled for you in advance, would have ever seen that coming, that they're doing this as a, a a ritual for better crops and everybody in the community is doing because up until then like if you if you look at it through sergeant howie's point of view as a detective trying to find a missing child it's kind of a police procedural if you're a weirdo like me the wicker man is your favorite musical where they're singing about maypoles and 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 springtime mating and the landlord's daughter and there's Britt Eklund uh singing and dancing naked but to just have that twist in the end and it's like not even not even gory or anything uh messy in the sense that when there were the exterior flames while everyone is safe uh some of the animals in the wicker man uh, actually defecated on the actor because they got frightened. So that was kind of messy, but hilarious in a roundabout kind of way. And then you burn up that wicker man. It's like, well, your God is not saving you. And and it's it's one of my, it's definitely my favorite Christopher Lee movie, period. Uh, but also one of my favorite horror movies, uh, a classic all around. What do you think of that ending? I love that ending. I, I do like the original Wicker Man. Um, I haven't watched it in a very long time. Doesn't he? He sings as well How? while he's burning. He Doesn't prays. He? he prays, but it well, almost sounds like a... I, I, he he might have bust into a hymn or two. That's what I mean. At, yeah, yeah, I don't mean like a... I, I, yeah, that's what I meant by singing. While, while, yeah. while, the, while the town folk are like swinging their hands and singing... He, he, he busts into a hymn and it's like, it's not working. I know. That, <laughs> Stop that. that. 
that level of desperation always does get to me. Like when it comes to slower, slower deaths or, you know, tortures and you just, you can tell that they, they really do know that like all hope is lost, but they're doing some type of thing to like comfort them or to feel like they are doing something. I don't know if that makes sense, but it has like a level of desperation to it that is kind of heartbreaking. Um, for that person who's clearly struggling and hurting uh, and about to die. Um, I, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty iconic one. Yeah, in my opinion. You're, gonna, you're gonna burn alive. Why embarrass yourself in the process? But I think, I think that's part, one of the components of faith to die for your faith, to die as a martyr. Believers think there, there's something yeah, like you I'll should say, always be ready to die for for what you believe in. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I'll, I'll say commendable for lack of a better word to die for your faith is somehow better than, you know, natural causes. But it's like, it, it's one of those horror movies that I also suggest for people that don't like horror and that it's not particularly scary. It's not particularly gory. But the main thing is, unless you fit the criteria of what they're looking for that you have to be sent by a king you have to be a grown-ass virgin you have to be a fool you have to have faith it's like you're not gonna be the victim that they're looking for unless you're a complete fucking nerd you're gonna be all right you dork <laughs> top dork that's that's the tagline for the movie that's a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Numero tres. Before, so, we get, before we get to number three, do yes. you feel like we are on that uh, list of 100 greatest horror movies that you know I've watched, that you watch annually? Watch every year. I do feel like I'm on there. But, you but know, what? sometimes I would, especially when I was younger when I watched it, because it came out in 2004, um, I would like sit and think about what I would say. Mm -hmm. I would do that. I would sit for like 30 minutes and think about what my commentary would be on those movies. And I still sometimes do that when I'm watching it every year around Halloween. I'm just like, this is what I would say about this movie. <laughs> and now we have that podcast. And now we do it. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I do feel like we're on that. I, we should have that. You remember that music that played every time they were counting down? I mean, I'm sure I it's not, not royalty free, but I remember the music that. T -t 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 -t. Anyway, um, I'll stop. <laughs> you can find the royalty free equivalent, I'm sure somehow. You handle the edits. That's up to you. <laughs> That's true. So, so listeners, you'll know whether I got really creative or stayed lazy by the time this episode comes out. If I'm you're not a busy music. lady. <laughs> so this third one is the one that I said is pretty random. Um, I looked it up recently and I saw that the Mythbusters apparently busted it. It can't mm. happen. But I also think it's funny that they tried this one because again, it's so random. It is the liquid nitrogen kill in Jason X. And I have only seen Jason X once. But I know this scene like the back mm -hmm. of my hand because of the impact. It, it it was it's not even that it left like the lasting impact that like the Final Destination 2 one that I mentioned or Hereditary. Like it's not 
it's not drawn out. It's not, you know, it, it's just so spontaneous how it happens. Like him grabbing her head. It all happens within like a few seconds. He grabs her head, uh, dunks it in this liquid nitrogen. It instantly like freezes and then he mid smashes screen. her head. Yeah, mid-scream. Her, her face uh, freezes mid-scream and then immediately like dunks her out and smashes her head and it's like blood and guts and or not guts, brains and all of that. But frozen. But frozen. So it was like a, it was almost like a snow cone. It was like the it worst Italian weird. ice ever made. Yeah, exactly. And I had to put that here. If it was about, it was going to be my honorable mention, which I guess I'll mention that one. Huh, I'll mention my honorable mention after our list. But um, I debated over my honorable mention and this one actually, uh, because both kind of hold that like number three spot they could but I went with this one just because um I, I I know it so well to this day and I just remember Jason X was another one that I watched uh when it came out which was what 2002 um something, oh, like, something that. like that so I was in middle school when it came out and I just remember being like ah! <laughs> like it's just out of out of nowhere and um oh my god there's not really much else I remember about that movie except that and that's why I wanted to mention it is because if I can remember literally not even the plot other than Jason's in space um <laughs> I uh right he's in space is yeah. that the whole thing yeah, I'm like, now thing. I'm doubting even knowing what the plot is. It's space, it's the future, it's ridiculous. It's so, it's so ridiculous and nobody should think, oh, you know, I'm so curious about that death, I'm going to watch the movie. No, go on YouTube and just yeah. type it in. Because um, it's cool. It's a really cool, like, <laughs> futuristic, apparently it can't happen <laughs> thanks to the myth about Thanks, science. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was the one that I was like, I wonder what Rick's going to think. But that that holds that holds a strong place in my list because I do think overall it's it's just really cool and it it left an impression. What it, do you think? It's it, it's it it certainly left an impression. Um, Jason X along with Jason Goes to Hell are the two films that when I'm rewatching the Friday the 13th films, I they don't exist because I don't like they don't um, all due respect to Kane Holder, uh, who I love. He's the most famous Jason. Definitely. It's like, if I recall correctly, the director of Jason X never saw a Friday the 13th movie before. He just got you the job. You don't say. Oh, that poor I guy. May, <laughs> I may be wrong, but I feel like I'm not. Um, you can look that up after the show or listeners can, you know, add comments to the post and say, Rick, you're an idiot. But, you know, I like it when Chelsea calls me that better. Um, but yeah, it does stand out. The only thing that I remember from that movie, I'm going to save for the end because there is a tie in to my choices. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it does make sense in the cavalcade of long franchises. And when you get to the 10th film, it's like, well, besides all the stabity pokes that Jason Voorhees is prone to, how many new ways can you come up with to kill someone? Even, one, even if that way of doing it is not 
scientifically plausible. Is it cinematically plausible? Then we can make it happen. And and it definitely stands out for you. So yeah, your your three before we get to my three, if you want to throw in your honorable mention right here, because usually an honorable mention is the one that just almost didn't make the cut and it would be number six if you can add it. I'm curious that your honorable mention would have been number three. Yeah, I'm random like that. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> because they have I put these two together because both are very impactful, but both are from very bad movies. So that's why they're kind of on the same level for me. Um, but they're not, but both of them cannot be in the top five, if that makes sense. Um, my honorable mention is the, this death has also been proven to not be possible, <laughs> which is really funny, is the wire uh, killing everybody on that ballroom floor in Ghost Ship, the beginning of Ghost Ship. Do you remember that? Not at all. It's like, so what happens is uh, it's like outside on the, you know, deck of the ship, it's a you know, everybody's dancing, someone's singing, and, like, the captain is dancing with, like, the, you know, somebody's daughter or whatever, a little kid, and um, what happens is, like, a wire or something snaps, and it whips through and slices everybody in different places, so it doesn't even make sense, because why would someone get sliced, like, at their eyeballs, yet someone else at their height got sliced at their torso. Like it was just, the slices were all over the place, but the gore, like the movie didn't hold back. You saw the body parts like slowly sliding off and things like that. And um, the little girl didn't uh, get killed because like the captain was hunching over her, like keeping her down. Um, Cause I guess he saw it coming. I don't know. It's still, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when she looks up at the captain, like half of his face like slides off in front of her. So it was one of those that I was like, that definitely left an impact when I first, I only watched that movie. I, I watched it twice. I watched it again uh, for the first time in forever last year. And I was like, oh God, this movie is awful. <laughs> like I was like, this movie really didn't my mind has not changed it's it's magic um, wire theory if you but will. yeah and so that was why i was like neither like these two cannot live within the same like top five but they also are both very you know very i give them props for their creativity even if it's not logical the creativity was there and who am i to smash someone's dreams much like that girl's head was smashed you know, so that was my honorable mention. Let's go shit. You can have a favorite kill in a shitty movie. That that right? Not outside of the parameters of our discussion. No, but I still. I, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to have two shitty movies mm -hmm. in a list of five. There was just something about it that my heart of hearts would not allow. I understand that. I, I mean, I like to think that the movies I've chosen are good and the kills are even better. <laughs> so far, so far, good. So my number three, uh, and this is made even better in the theater. It's from The Strangers. And, and it's yes. from that lull in the movie where now our masked uh, uh, Manson-esque killers are in the house and uh, Liv Tyler and what's his name 
they're they're in the closet there. They've got the shotgun. And here comes old Dennis Reynolds, direct from Patty's Pub, looking for his friends, like wondering, why is the house fucked up? What is going on? And he, he, he steps into the open doorway and, and the male of the couple just blows his fucking face off with his shot. Yeah, like it's crazy because he says, like you can hear him beginning his sentence. Like what he, he was probably going to say, what are you guys doing or what's going on? You just hear the beginning of that word and then no hesitation. And what I think not to cut you off, because I'll say this statement and then let you um, explain why you picked this. But one thing that I love about that death is that that's what we always yell at people to do mm-hmm. is to once they don't hesitate shoot that's always what we tell horror movie characters as we're watching them we're like don't don't hesitate don't flinch just do it and he did it <laughs> and he unfortunately shot his best friend in the process but anyway g- great He's not happy about that but yeah i liked it the the suddenness of it. first of all it's glenn howerton from it's always sunny in philadelphia who i primarily know as a comedic actor so to see him in a horror movie hilarious to see him die so suddenly and violently in a horror movie, also hilarious. And the first time I saw that movie was in the theater. And I'm with Beautiful Lady. We're at a theater on Long Island. Unfortunately, it's a multiplex. So there are young people there and they will not shut the fuck up no matter how much I yell at them until that scene. And then that <laughs> scene happens. They jump. I start to laugh like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. I'm doing the Max Katie laugh. And it's genuine. And suddenly those children are silent. Because I think in their minds, they're in the theater with a crazy person. In fact, no, there was one comment after that, but it was much softer. And someone's like, why is he laughing? Because it's hilarious, kids. <laughs> and partly to scare you. <laughs> I get you to be quiet, please. Shut the fuck up. No, I love the strangers. That's a that's a good one. It's so it's so eerie because the same record is like skipping over and over and over. And I think, I think it's a Merle happened. Haggard song. Yeah. And yeah, the 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 the, the Manson-esque thing of like, is Tamara here? And just why are we doing it? Because you're home, and oh, that's it. Yeah. Now the sequel of that movie, of oh, fucking avoid it. But the stranger. I read still, the synopsis and I was like, all right. Yeah, the, the stranger <laughs> still holds up. I don't up. need to watch this. <laughs> holds but, up just yeah. fine. Yeah, I watched The Strangers again uh, last Halloween season, and it absolutely holds up. I agree. Uh, beautiful lady and I watched it for our anniversary in a cabin in the Catskills because we're weird that way. <laughs> That's such a such a clever idea on y'all's part. And by clever, I mean stupid. But do what you want. <laughs> you do you, man. No, <laughs> All right. So this one, I think you're gonna like. Well, I know mm-hmm. you're gonna like um because this is just so cool and so well done and so eerie but claire's death and the original black christmas with uh the plastic bag 
over the over the face kept over her face sitting in the rocking chair with that doll on her with that doll on her lap and just there like she just stays there but it's I'm gonna cut this out stop <laughs> <laughs> I haven't cussed yet, Agnes. I haven't said dirty words. You have to leave it in. <laughs> Agnes, <laughs> nice. But I boom improv scene. Very, very good. Yes, and scene. Um yeah, I just love this death because it's so it's so eerie. It's um it's executed really well and it holds up. Like when, you know, probably a lot of deaths in uh in earlier slasher films and horror films. I I hate saying they don't hold up because I mean they used what they could at the time, but like this one does just really hold up for me. It creeps me out. If any the good thing about let me rephrase that. The reason I know this wouldn't happen to me is, is because Tonks, my cat, has such a specific meow. Mm-hmm. No one can mock it or imitate it. So if a killer meows, I'm, I'm going to know it's not Tonks. There you go. I'm not going to go in that closet and be like, what are you doing? So luckily... That is why this will 100% will absolutely never happen to me is because I have a cat with a specific meow and I will not be tricked. Um, but I, I, I don't have terribly much to say when it comes to this death. I, it's number two because biased, you know, with Black Christmas being one of my favorite movies of all time, but yeah. also just so well done with not much to it like the other ones that i've listed above it um or you know three four and five you may say oh well those are a little bit more creative but oh my god all it took in this one was just that plastic bag and that visual of it staying over her head and her screaming like the Mm -hmm. sucking in like Mm -hmm. that how can that not you know so that's that is before I give my opinion, I have two questions for you. What if someone played a recording of Tonks' meow? Oh, no, it's a recording. Okay. But here's why I think this kill would not work on you. Because you've seen the terrifier. You're smart. As you suck in, you create that indentation in the plastic. So all mm. you got to do is take your fingers and jam them into the plastic over your mouth and rip and suddenly you're free see horror movies teach us how to survive they do we're ruthless people because of this we're going to survive that's how you get out but yeah i i love that movie so much uh it is one of my favorite films i love to watch it any fucking time of year any time of the year it doesn't just have to be in december because it's so creepy margot kidder is so fucking funny the housemaid is so fucking funny john saxon is john yeah got fine ass olivia hussey there and 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 the 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 wonderment of it being like yo uh like you know my body my choice you fucking 
dickhole piano player. Uh, it's, a, it's ahead of its time in many ways. And, and Bob Clark uh, deserves so much credit for creating genres like the slasher. Uh, then he did Porky, so like popularized the wacky sex comedy of the 80s, which now could be viewed as very toxic. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and then also directed A Christmas Story for, you know, people like Chelsea that enjoy Christmas. Yeah. You could theoretically do a Bob Clark double feature and just weird people out. I have done, like, there has been uh, Christmas seasons where I've never done it with anyone else, but I have done a Bob Clark uh, Christmas double feature. And I'll watch Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. In that order? Uh, usually, yeah, because I just like to go ahead with Black Christmas because of my own selfishness and wanting to really watch that movie. Because mm-hmm. um, with A Christmas Story, a lot of it's nostalgia for me. So that may be a movie that'll get my phone out or something like that. But Black Christmas is, you know, I'm definitely going to pay attention. Well, double beatloaf. Um, (laughs) I hate meatloaf. My number two. Mm, It's it's the kill and it's the line that accompanies it. We're talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warrior. (laughs) I know exactly what you're about to say when Jennifer gets got and and she burns herself with the cigarette and you think, okay, that woke her up as she's watching the Dick Cavett show with Zsa Zsa Gabor, who I'm, who I think was the Paris Hilton of her time. It's like, what the fuck are you famous for? And when I talk to old people about Zsa Zsa Gabor, it's like, wasn't she on Green Acres? Like, no, that was her sister, Ava. I, nobody knows why Zsa Zsa Gabor was famous. Uh, and, and it goes in, and then all of a sudden she's in the dreams. Like, you know, I, I think you have to study acting. It's like, well, who gives a fuck what you think? There's Freddie, and you're in the dream. The arms pop out of the TV. Jennifer gets lifted up. Out comes Freddie's head. This is it, Sugarfoot, your big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. And into the yeah. television she goes to be found by a young Lawrence Fishburne and, <laughs> and and that's my number two favorite kill in it and Elm Street had three had a lot of good ones it is my favorite of the franchise because uh, it was an X-Men movie before X-Men movies were cool and, and just hit all of those spots and you know but but Jennifer I don't mind her getting taken out so early because because Taryn was my boo because in her dreams, she's beautiful and bad. What did you think of that kill, Chelsea? Um, I love that one. It's, uh, I agree, Dream Warriors has like some of the best kills um, in the franchise. And I think it's because a lot of the deaths did have to do with like their own weakness. Um, and that was, that's always a clever, clever spin. Um, it's no, it's not new by any means, but it was done really well in these movies because you have dreams that are, you know, the possibilities are endless. But that one is just so, it's so funny and terrifying at the same time. I think now I definitely look at it as more funny than terrifying. But when I first watched it, I just thought, this is unhinged. Like, this is just, this is so terrifying. But at the same time, it's it's one of those like, lines that you know when they wrote it they were like pop culture is going to be all over this like they just it's one of those lines you write and you know 
Like, you mm. know, it's going to be a thing. Um, and I, I forgive him for that. Cause I mean, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is, has a lot of those types of lines, but I love it. I think it's fun. I think it's a really good choice yeah. for number two. And, and it's also the reason why when uh, Spooky Doings finally got to do a full show at the Magnet Theater, mm-hmm. and unfortunately you, you weren't there. I think you were coming back from Singapore at the time. Yes, yes, because yeah. it was a Halloween show, right? Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it, I couldn't make it. I, I asked them specifically. I'm like, can can we call it Spooky Doings? Welcome to Prime Time. I left off the bitch part because I didn't want to ostracize any <laughs> uh, any of the audience that maybe hadn't seen our show before, but I'm like, that's the goal. I want to do our own show, not as part of a of an indie uh, show, indie team show at the Magnet Theater. When we got the full hour, I'm like, let's call it Welcome to Prime Time. Like, we made Very fitting and, title. And, uh, and when this pandemic is over, provided Magnet is still there, which so far compared to other improv theaters, the fact that there's an actual community supporting Magnet might yeah. still be there. And I will say, and this may be a hot take with the improv community, and hopefully it'll be understood what I'm trying to say here. With theaters closing, it is really, really sad for a lot of people, but I am so confident in this community that when these th- when this ends, we're going to get new theaters. Okay. We're going to get new groups. Like I... I know that that's like long on the horizon, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to add salt to any wound of like some theaters because by the time we're recording this, there was a theater that recently closed, um, a bigger theater, I guess. Uh, but I just think um, we're going to be okay. It just may be new experiences and new theaters. And you know what? I'm not mad at that because there was a lot of controversy with the theater that closed too. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I hope that's understood as a positive light. I'm just, oh, I'm yeah. confident that we are gonna, we are, this is not gonna be the end, you know? Either the spaces that close down are gonna reopen, hopefully uh, for the better. Or I think there are actually a couple of, of, of places that have started doing things virtually. That's a sign of like, other folks are gonna start their offshoots and Mm-hmm. find new spaces and kind of change uh, the establishment for improv. And the day's going to come when we're going to find some place where we can make our little haha at least once a month. And... 100%. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm not worried at all. I think we're we're going to be fine. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And now for Chelsea fictitious drum roll if you're listening to this numero uno this is not going to be surprising whatsoever um and i actually referenced it in another episode that was recently recorded um that may come out before this or after this i don't know uh the opening movie theater kills in screen two okay um when I first watched Screen 2 and I didn't know, I, the one of the things that I love about the Screen movies were the killers were never spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen every, you know, every time I watched one. I remember when I went and saw Screen 4 in theaters, I avoided spoilers like the plague because that, that was when they were really on the internet and everything. But um, 
So the opening kill with, uh, I think it was Omar Epps uh, was the actor and then Jada Pinkett Smith, the actress, mm -hmm. this uh, college couple that go to see the premiere of Stab, um, the movie, <laughs> the movie within a movie. Um, and everybody in the theater has fake knives and um, the, the ghost, ghost face, face mask. mask and they're throwing popcorn and they're rambunctious as ever. Um, and they're going to see this and Omar Epps, his death, you know, it's, it's a little quicker. He dies. Uh, he gets stabbed in the bathroom stall. Takes a blade to either the head or ear. I think clearly, it was the ear. Clearly the brain gets punctured. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. You, and you didn't make it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. So after that, he puts on that. The killer puts on Omar Epps's jacket and of course, like Omar Epps bought a screen mask and freaked Jada out with it before. So this wasn't See, I interpret that as the killer brought the ghost face mask. No, the killer did, but there's a scene before yes, where he, where he it, wears yes. it and freaks her out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the killer already had the mask. But what I'm saying is when um, when the killer sits beside Jada ah. Pinkett-Smith with the jacket on and the mask, of course, she's not going to question, like, who are you? Because he just freaked her out with it like two minutes ago. Yes, that, yeah, that, that's what I mean. That, that's why she, she alarms did not raise. She didn't think, like, if if she knew Omar Epps's meow, she would have known. <laughs> she would have known. She was I'm being telling duped. you. You got you to gotta have, uh, it's like having safe words. You have meows. Mm -hmm. So you know who you are. But um, yeah, and so she's like, take take the mask off or whatever, and he keeps it on. She's like, okay, whatever. And she's eating popcorn. She gets freaked out. And then in the scene of the movie they're seeing, I think it was Heather Graham, yeah. um, when she screams and starts getting stabbed and everybody's going wild, that's when the killer brings out the knife and actually stabs Jada Pinkett Smith. So when she's screaming, Heather Graham is screaming, the audience is going crazy, and nobody notices that this is happening. And as she's like crawling to the theater, like people are like, yeah, you know, the stage or whatever. And she just like has one final like wail almost and then like falls uh, or no, she falls back. And it's, it's so drawn out, which I love. Like the music stops, she falls back, looks to the side towards the audience, blood's coming out of her mouth and it just pauses on her for a minute. And then like the Scream 2 title comes up. I think it's so well done. I know it's um, it's hard to think about now too. After uh, there were the unfortunate, you know, there was the mass shooting in um, I think it was in Aurora, uh, where the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises was playing. I don't remember which one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to think about, you know, violence in movie theaters after that. But it's also weird to think about how in 1997, 98 um you could get away with like being in a theater with a rubber knife and a mask on like and you cannot do that now so it's also very much a product of its time well i i i they mitigate it later in the film it's like people thought it was a publicity stunt. Mm -hmm. and you know I, I i've gone to a couple screenings you know like when i went to see 28 days later the fact that i was wearing red got me a free t-shirt <laughs> so like you know that'll happen not to the point of like giving out masks and handing out 
rubber knives. But yeah, there there is that. And I like just before the discovery, she notices the blood on, on Omar Epps' jacket. It's like, oh, right. and here we go. And there is that pause when she's on the stage and the projection uh, is showing Ghostface's mask on the screen and her in it. It's like, and she's looking out at the crowd at a bunch mm-hmm. of ghost faces. And it's not at the point yet where people are taking their masks off and going, oh, something's really wrong. Yeah. Because you know there were way back in the day with horror movies where you know like you're trying to get people to come into the theater because now people tvs are getting more prominent people are staying home so i know there's like the tingler uh a vincent price movie where like chairs had little vibration gimmicks on them to like you know like you'll feel the 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 actual terror or i think we've heard that on in a house on haunted hill their theaters would be equipped with a skeleton that would fly out via a wire through the theater to scare the shit out of people and and nowadays you have like overly 3d or there were some i forget what they call it like it might be like 4x theaters in certain places mm-hmm. where like the seats move and like fans blow on you and shit for the extra big blockbustery type movie it's not going to work for a documentary but yeah no i've heard yeah i dread the day that somebody invents smell-o-vision or something because like that that's not hasn't that been tried before or am i for cooking that just doesn't sound new to me but i don't know you know, for cooking shows, that's going to be great. Yeah. For a movie like, uh, I don't know, let's say any World War One piece Ooh. where trench warfare is happening. You yeah. don't want that. No you don't thanks. want that at all. No, even in stuff like Downton Abbey, I'd be like, I know how much you bathe. I don't want to smell you. Um. <laughs> that's. I think that's the first Downtown Abbey reference on this podcast. <laughs> But um, but no, that kill will always be the most iconic kill for me because I thought it, it was one that I would like rewind the tape because I was like, this is so cool. Um, very much love it. That's that's all I have to say about it. Other than, yeah, I just I love it. It's a great kill. Holds up. I didn't think that would be the one that you picked. I, I didn't really have an idea of what would be on your mind, Rejoice. So I wonder if, before I reveal mine, do you think you know what mine is? Keep in mind the four that I've already mentioned and it's not them. Because <laughs> like, I think it, I think it's gonna be one that I say and you go, yeah, I should have seen that coming. Is it something from Hatchet? No, it's not. Hmm. No, I'm gonna have to hear it from you. There's just too many that I I feel like I can't narrow there, down. There is a connection uh, to Hatchet, although it's not in the Hatchet series. Same actor, Kane Hoder. My favorite kill of all time in horror is the sleeping bag kill from Friday. Oh yeah, 13th, that does part seven, <laughs> the new blood. Yeah, checks it's, out. It's redone in Jason X, and it's the only part of that movie I enjoyed. 
where Jason okay. goes into the virtual reality simulator. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like a simulated thing, right? And now yeah. he's back at Crystal Lake with a couple of titty women that, and they cut away after saying that, you know, we love premarital sex. And he's just got one in the sleeping bag and he's slamming it into the other in the sleeping bag. But that first one, it's just one hit done. You know, the lady's all boned up. She doesn't know her girlfriend, her boyfriend's already been murdered. Like, come get me, you big hunk of man. Slice yeah. through the tent, grab the sleeping bag, swing it into a tree, and done. And I think it, watching Crystal Lake Memories, it was supposed to be longer, similar to like the Friday the 13th game, at least three whacks into the tree. But for the, 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 the movie, it's like, all right, just one. And But I still love it because they, they cut it in such a way that there is someone inside the sleeping bag kicking and thrashing about and then swing and done. Um, yeah, so the sleeping bag deaths, I'm not surprised that you chose that. Um, I think recently I was playing, this actually happened this past weekend, I was playing uh, the Friday the 13th game. It was the first time I was playing since the servers have been abandoned <laughs> by the developers. And there was a death though that I didn't notice until this round where I got killed from being in the tent. He pulled mm -hmm. me out with a sleeping bag and, and hit me over uh, three times which I thought was interesting because after the first time there was quite a bit of blood. I was like, you could probably stop. I think I'm deceased. And well, I um, think yeah. <laughs> it's funny. if I recall Crystal Lake memories correctly, I think it was supposed to be more wax against the tree, but the fucking MPAA and Jack Valente have to ruin everyone's fun. So the fact that, you know, in the rule of threes you get three wax against the tree i do love doing that in the game when i'm jason if i'm fortunate enough to to snatch some dopey person but yeah, i do love the game i don't know if you've noticed uh since all things have happened but i've noticed it's either glitchy as fuck or on xbox whoever is the host if they die they just quit the whole fucking game and ruin it for everybody. And I think that's a coordinated effort by people that speak on headphones. And I hate that. It's like, okay, sometimes I get killed, but maybe I'll come back as stupid Tommy Jarvis and redeem myself. I've noticed that too. When I was playing, it was incredibly glitchy for one thing. I was constantly, especially the death scenes were incredibly glitchy. He would be like tearing the limbs off of, uh off of my body but my body would be like social distancing i'm like hey hey so, <laughs> so maybe it's relevant glitches i don't know but i thought i've noticed it's incredibly glitchy but also i've noticed the games just stop when it when i guess the host dies and it's so annoying because i never do that i always Mm -hmm. I actually really love watching the rest of the game when my character dies because you can switch from camera to camera and yeah. see what all of them are doing. I, I It's like watching a little movie. So I don't know why people are such brats about like, well, I'm going to, you know, leave this game since I died. But but no, the sleeping bag death is a classic one. And I, I'm disappointed that I didn't think you would mention that. It did not come to mind. I, I just forget about that one. 
<laughs> well, you know, as far as, as as social distance deaths go in the Friday the 13th game, uh, Crystal Lake is not immune from the coronavirus. <laughs> that is true. A, they are not COVID deniers. Jason is as, not a COVID denier. No, no, no. He listens to the science that his mother tells him, like a good boy. Uh, as of this recording, I got my second Pfizer. So I am vaccinated and I eagerly await you getting vaccinated too. Yeah, I I believe I'm pretty much eligible. I'm just checking some fine fine lines and dots and all those specifics and just making sure uh, that I'm not jumping the line. But I think I'm going to be able to soon. And you know, regardless, it's a number taken off. You know, if that if one person's not going to get the vaccine that day, mm -hmm. I'd be getting the vaccine. So. So yeah, um, it's exciting seeing people that I know getting vaccinated. It's great. I don't know if it's so much jumping the line. If if you're booping the computer and it allows your boop like it did in my case, do it. I mean, I'm not knocking over old people because uh, that would be rude. And I like old people most of the time. I just, I just waited today. There was no line at all. Everybody was getting their second dose. I went in got the pointiest poke, waited 15 minutes, and got the fuck out. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I did take a nap, and then when I woke up, I was completely convinced that I had missed a day, but I don't think that's a vaccine side effect. That's a me problem. That's a time is confusing right now problem. It's very broken. It's very yeah. broken. So yeah, those are our favorite deaths, and we'd love to hear uh, your favorite deaths. You can comment on uh, our Instagram page, on uh, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Yeah, I'm doing the plugs out of order. Or let us know in on, on iTunes as you rate and review. Like, which ones did we omit and that we did not make you happy in doing so? Because we'd love to hear it. Uh, we're not going to apologize because it's a clearly opinion. But I'm curious, maybe there are ones that I th think I was wrong about. I don't think you're wrong about any. I know that I got a little convoluted with my honorable mentions, but I still stick by that. Time <laughs> so. is broken. Honorable mentions are broken. There are no rules anymore, Chelsea. That is very true. No rules, only vaccines. Right. That's a good one. We're going to make a t-shirt? We're going to make a shirt. No rules, only vaccines. All right, then. I like it. Uh. <laughs> Let's put it on a mask. I think that that's better. That's better. I appropriate. You should be in marketing. <laughs> you would thrive in that. So it's it's the elderly punk rocker in me that's like that's fucking hilarious. We have like, to hit that target. We how do we hit the elderly punk rock target? There would be <laughs> there'd be way too much truth in advertising and not. <laughs> If, if I were in marketing and not to, to make a Muppets reference on uh, a horror comedy podcast, but it was Muppets Take Manhattan when Kermit had amnesia and they're trying to figure out a marketing strategy for this soap. It's like, how, about, and I, I forget the name of the brand of soap. It's like, how about this soap will get you clean? <laughs> like, there you go. You, you, you got it covered. You, there's the language. I agree with that. And now we need the uh, Muppets take Crystal Lake. Why not? Uh, so where can, where can people find you if they want to find you, Chelsea? 
they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in Chelsea Bennington and I am right there. There you go. And you already heard about our plug, but I'll say them again. Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. As we get vaccinated and as our cast gets vaccinated, who knows? We might be able to do shows in the summer again. Maybe not in our subterranean ha-ha hole, but we could find some places. Maybe Outdoors some- would be fun. Wouldn't it be nice? The improv al fresco. <laughs> it sounds so continental. It does. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime and in between time, everybody stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky.